This is ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, Episode 83. Ask the former sex addict anything. Go ahead and ask. ASI247.org. My name is Russ. That was Black Lab with Learning to Crawl. My name is Russ Shaw. I am but a voice in the digital wilderness. Thank you for downloading the show today, and hopefully I can point you to some truth. I am here to uh, basically point to point to that which uh, I am unworthy of. Okay, <laughs> do a little... Uh, little analogy to a guy named John there. Um, I am going to talk about sexual addiction. I'm going to go back to basics. I am going to answer any question you have about the subject. I know that there's uh, going to be a lot of new listeners to the show. Um, my name is Russ Shaw. I am a former sex addict. Uh, I do a recovery show here on the Internet. I... Uh, currently number one in keyword sexual addiction on iTunes by God's Grace, which is the largest music seller in the world, um, approaching about 6,000 listeners a month. And I, uh, this, this addiction just about owned me. Okay. I have never seen anything like sexual addiction. Um, not just pornography, but affairs, whatever it may be, uh, where whatever you're stuck in, as far as addiction is concerned, sexual addiction seems to be this underlying thing underneath all of it. I was a multiple addict, uh, but but the sexual sexual part of of who I was really stuck with me for the longest period of time. It was the hardest thing to rip off of my myself, right? My person, my spirit. Um, my email to introduce myself there, my my email is russ at asi247.org. Go ahead and, and ask me anything. Uh, do this th- via email. Um, behind the screen of anonymity, you're safe, okay? I I want you to understand that, that I, I hold your, your being anonymous at very high regard, because I think one of the most important things you need to do to start with is to get this out of you, to start talking about it, to get it out from inside you, because people hide for years, they stay and keep this thing in the dark for years, and it has power there. The fact that you're not talking about it is giving that thing power. Um, message boards. I do not have a message board uh, per se that is linked with uh, ASI, but I do have partnered with uh, a couple of folks. Hire-calling.com. I also encourage you to get on the blogs, get on these discussion boards, and start again. Start talking about it. 
teensagainstporn.com for for teenagers out there teens only i uh encourage you to to again get it out of you start talking about it start having the the guts the courage to work this out of you to talk about it because it is it is important like i say it is like a monster inside you it's like it's like mold all right that grows in the darkness and and it just gains more power and, it, and it's like fertilizer to it to not talk about it to stay alone with it to struggle on your own it's actually feeding the addiction okay i promise you I've been around this kind of recovery for a while, and and I can just tell you that, uh, man, start talking about it. Get it out of you. Eventually, I would like to see you talk uh, face-to-face, person-to-person with somebody. But for now, uh, hire-calling.com, teensagainstporn.com, or, you know, if you're even shy from there, send me an email, russ at asi247.org, and ask me anything. Um... Also, I've had people who, you know, people say, well, I uh, people might read my email, or, you know, somebody checks my email, or the company, or my wife, or whatever. Um, check out uh, Yahoo or Gmail, and, and go ahead and open an anonymous email account. You know, do that. If it's the purpose of getting this out of you, I have a guy who uh, emails me from a Yahoo account called uh, Russ Help Me <laughs> at Yahoo.com. Um I don't know if that's the exact. Don't try and email him, anyways. But but anyways, uh, there was another another guy, you know, sinner, the sinner, something like that. I'm not going to say the exact email address, but at yahoo.com. So again, don't let yourself make up excuses to stay alone. Okay, start talking about it. Higher dash calling teens against porn. You're anonymous. You can start to scratch the surface. Of working this stuff out of you, I, 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 I can't stress the importance of that more. That that is a, a step that you can do now to to start getting it out of you. Um, I had this addiction control me, right? It controlled me from from the inside out, and and my behavior just kind of took over and started to own me, right? You give yourself over to a certain behavior or a certain um, addiction, and, and after a while that just thing just starts to own you, and that's where I approach this show from. Um, I do recovery a little different. I I've, was born, raised in a Christian family, right? Quote around that Christian family. Um I got really jacked up by religion, and I talk about that a lot on the show because I want you to understand that underneath all of this is a, is a spiritual problem, okay? Now, I'm not talking about religion here, and that's very critically important that you hear me when I say that. Religion will not save you, all right? Let me say that right off the bat. Religion will not save you from this addiction. I am a Christian all right, I believe in Jesus Christ. People say, all right, Russ, that's a religion. What are you talking about? Okay, well, I'm going to get a little deeper than that for you. Because religion, basically all religions in the world, including Christianity, when it's done wrong, um, is based on, on karma. 
Okay, and when I say karma, what I mean by that is that a lot of religions say, well, if you do good stuff, you'll get good stuff back, right? And God rewards those who are good, and He punishes those who are bad. Okay, that is karma, and it's a jacked-up view of God and your relationship with Him. It's it's kind of removing the relationship with God and, and intellectualizing it, right? We try and put God in a box, and then we try and work out karma in our own minds, because that kind of makes sense to us, right? Okay, can I tell you something? Karma, it, it doesn't work properly, all right? Does it work? Does it look like it works? Absolutely. I mean, you look around, do people get rewarded for doing good stuff? Yeah. Do people get punished for doing bad stuff? Yeah. Look at our jails, okay? I mean, but at the same time, you have to understand that karma is like a broken clock, okay? Twice a day, it's right on time, okay? It's perfectly right on time, twice a day. Okay, karma, for the most part, doesn't work. And I think spiritually, if you're going to believe and invest yourself totally in karma, you have to believe in in. Uh, reincarnation, right? Because people that believe in karma, bad people don't always get punished for their badness in this world under the sun, right? King Solomon, who uh, was in the Bible, biblical times, right? This guy was probably the wealthiest man who ever lived. I mean, he had, here's the deal, King Solomon, he had more stuff than you, all right? He had more popularity than you, he was more famous than you are. He had more money than you do. Okay, sex. The guy had 700 wives, okay, and then another 300 concubines, like prostitutes, right, on the side. I mean, this guy had all that. Parties. The guy partied harder than you, okay? That little, you know, five kegger thing that you had in college. All right, King Solomon, the guy leveled vineyards, right? I mean, this guy had parties that went on for weeks, weeks at a time. If, if he heard a good band, okay, King Solomon, if you heard good music, he hired the band, all right? You live at my house now. I mean, the guy was, was uber successful, you know? His house took 14 years to build, all right? He had seven, again, 700 wives. He built each one of his wives a house, okay? This guy was better than you and I, okay? And and he he wrote the book Ecclesiastes, and he wrote a lot of stuff in there about what he learned, just kind of, he said, I didn't hold back anything. He said, I did it all, all right? Hedonism, right? Seeking pleasure at all costs. That was King Solomon, okay? Check this out. King Solomon wrote this. This is Ecclesiastes 7.15. In my vain life, I have seen everything, there is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in evil doing. Be not overly righteous, and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Be not overly wicked. Be not overly wicked. Neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? The whole point is is. Uh, it's like guilt. I hear a lot of, of people say, well, you know, you come into a discussion group or you come into a, a Christian, quote, website, and all of a sudden sex is all about guilt, all right? 
I'm I'm not necessarily talking about guilt here, but guilt has something to do with it. All right. Why ever you're listening to me right now, there's something off. There's something wrong. Okay, and I'm not here to guilt you. Okay, the prime reason for guilt is to break pride. And all of the religious people, okay, that tried to guilt me into uh, obedience or, to use another religious word, repentance, which is basically turning, and that's what I do here, okay? Repentance is, the definition of repentance is seeing a negative or horrible bad behavior and turning from it. Well, repentance is being against God and a a God behavior. Okay, one of my favorite um, scriptures is a. I, I used to be in sales, right? And I'd walk into this building and I would set my product down in front of this huge sign at this Christian school, and it was on the wall, big, bold, gold letters, and it was John ten ten. You know, Christ came to give us life and to give it to the full. Okay, the full version, the full verse of that, John 10.10, 10, is the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, and Jesus came to give us life, and to give us that life to the full. Okay? I, I say this, and I, I want you to understand what I'm saying, because I, I, I truly believe this in, in the fact of, of biblical, what, what the Bible calls worship. Okay, I am a Christian, kind of a Christian hedonist, all right? Now, hedonism isn't totally all about sex. Hedonism is is chasing pleasure at all costs. That's what I'm talking about. That's what worship is. God is not trying to steal your joy. All right? He's not trying to mess up your fun. God isn't this cosmic killjoy sitting in heaven trying to wreck everything for you and I. Not trying to, you know, like like the the librarian, you know, just shh, no fun at all. No having fun. All right. God invented fun, okay? It's long-term fun, all right? I'm not against sex, all right? This is not a Christian guy going to be a prude about sex. Not at all. One of my favorite writers is a man named C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis said this, Desire isn't the problem, okay? God made desire. Desire is good. You should have a healthy, vibrant sex life desiring sex is not a bad thing. God built that in you. Alright? The problem is we don't desire enough. Do you understand? We, C.S. Lewis says we're, we're, we're satisfied to play in a freaking mud puddle when a, when a holiday at the beach is within our grasp. That's what I'm going to talk about on this show. Okay? What are you chasing deep down? Because here's the deal. When it comes to religion, I'm not jaded. I want you to understand that. I'm not some negative guy. Sometimes I sound like that, like I'm totally against the church. I'm not against the church. All right? One of my favorite writers um, was St. Augustine, or Augustine, some people call him, right? And one of the things he said is that, uh, you know, if God is your father, then the church is your mother, right? And I don't know how biblical that truly is, but it's a beautiful picture, of what the church ought to be. You know, the church wasn't a building, right? Worship wasn't just the music that was played at church. You know, you hear churches say that. You walk into church and a guy goes, join me in worship. Okay, that's that's singing and that's music and that's great. That's a way we can worship God. But the fact is, every day, 
you wake up in the morning and you put your hope in something okay I mean think about that deep down what defines you what are you putting your hope in who are you really in the depths of your being who are you what what defines you I'm going to ask questions like that because I'm a connoisseur of truth and I, I look for that truth in, in not just the Bible and, and you know religious scholars and stuff like that but but in culture all right I'm gonna look for truth in culture because as Christians we're supposed to be salt and light the Apostle Paul went to uh, Mars Hill in in Greece you know and he talked to the intellectual philosophical types about Jesus okay he saw this all these idols right and he's offended by these idols these massive big statues to Zeus and you know Hercules and, and stuff like that and then he sees the one to to the unknown God and there's a bunch of you know goats and stuff that's all sacrificed to this unknown God and Paul walks in and he says I'm going to tell you who that unknown God is that God who you seem to be sacrificing the most stuff to I'm going to tell you who that is because we all sacrifice for our idols right that's another thing about the Apostle Paul right he doesn't go in with this grumpy grimace on his face pointing fingers at all the idols he loves the people right God loves us he comes to earth as a man wrapped in in human flesh incarnate right which means in meat God in meat named Jesus that's why I'm a Christian okay because I don't believe in karma because I know that karma just doesn't work on the depths of what it is it's just it's just intellectualizing God it is not a deep deep relationship with God it's not about relationship it's not Okay, that that's karma. And Christians are just as guilty of it as anybody else. Maybe even more so. Another thing religion says is, those are the bad people and we're the good people. Jesus says, no, you're, you're all bad. <laughs> right? And I came to, to redeem you back to, to God, to, to have a relationship with God. And to, to find out the depths of that, listen, if you're not a Christian, great. If I'm offending you by my karma talk, um, please have the courage to email me, russ at asi247.org. Um, at least engage me on some of this stuff, because that's what I'm talking about. And that's some of the stuff that you need to get out of you. That's why um, some of these blogs and discussion boards are great. Higher dash calling, teens against porn. Start to work it out of you. Okay, because here's the the problem with karma, the problem with church, and the problem even with uh, a lot of these uh, recovery groups that all point to a higher power, by the way. They will all point to a higher power. Why? Because it doesn't work without a higher power. It just doesn't work. There's no successful atheist recovery group. There just isn't. Addicts, like no other people, understand that there has to be a God, a deity, right? There has to be. Because you have this thing inside you that owns you. The only way you get free of that is understanding a higher power. And I'm here to point to what that higher power is at the depths of it. Because a lot of recovery groups just 
are into addiction swapping, right? You see a bunch of guys, you know, they go in for alcoholism or whatnot and you end up smoking or, or they end up in sexual addiction. Um, they're already in, a lot of them are already in sexual addiction. Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. There's there's a, a depth to the understanding relationship with God that, that, that I'm, I know I'm offending some of you, but I want you to understand that depth. And maybe you don't believe me about Christianity. That's great. But at least start talking about it, okay? At least start talking about it. Don't just write me off as some nut. Because there really is a depth to this. Check this out. Here's here's all recovery and all kind of religion, right? They all say that we're going to need to deal with morality, right? And they focus on what's on the surface, like church, for example. Um, the partying, partying's bad, you know, no partying, that's not good. Well, the Bible's kind of contrary to that. In the Old Testament, every single um, victory was 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 marked with partying, okay? They brought out the good wine, all right? The good wine had alcohol in it, just to let you know. Jesus' first miracle, his first miracle ever, was, was wine at a party, okay? There was a party, there was a wedding, they had ran out of wine, and that was a bit of a, a, a dilemma, okay? You have a festival, you're, you, you don't run out of wine. Jesus is like, you know, it's not really my time yet. What are you talking about? You know, but hey, all right, you know, go down to the river and fill up two barrels. All right, Jesus' first miracle was keeping the party going. Okay, I'm sorry that I offend some of you religious types, but that's the truth. Look it up. Okay? it's it, That's surface behavior. We so focus on things, surfacey things, like just don't drink alcohol and you'll be fine. Alcohol isn't the problem. Sex the roots of it, sex isn't the problem. I mean, we can point to all sorts of sexual immorality, and the church has hammered sexual immorality in just pointing to the surface. I mean, I I, I hurt for for some of you in, in stuck in same-sex attraction, okay? And there's, you know, I, I'll go into that later in the, in the show because I have some questions on that as well. But the church pointing at, you know, homosexuals and picketing and all that kind of stuff, just focusing on the, the surface kind of behavior, focusing, you know, porn is bad, don't really want to talk about that, but, you know, it's just bad, and, you know, things like that. We hammer morality. What I talk about on the show is is I don't go into a lot of your behavior. I'm not going to talk a lot about your behavior. I do go into some, you know, behavior modification stuff. I will go into that, but it's 20%, all right, if that, of what I'm talking about. Most of this is going to be what's going on underneath it. Because, you know, the church loves to hammer, um, for example, that love to hammer morality. But we don't like to talk about what's really going on under the surface, which is desire. Why we desire those things. But that's really the issue. It's it's a heart issue. It's not a behavior issue, really. It's a heart issue. You change the heart, behavior follows. And it, and spirituality, all right. God is love. Okay. If there's anything I can get you to understand about a spiritual life, is understanding that God is love, the essence of love itself. 
okay? And, and religion really doesn't have a lot to do with love at all. And that's why Jesus, when, he's, when God is in, on earth, encased in human flesh, the only time he gets upset, angry, mad, outright mad at anybody, it's, it's the religious types, okay? The prostitutes, the drunkards, the tax collectors... All right, we, we, in, in our culture today, we really don't have a, a thing a tax collector like the tax collectors in biblical times. Because basically, these were folks who looked at a way of making money, collecting taxes. They got this job, we'll call it, as a tax collector, basically um, helping fund a corrupt government. I mean, corrupt Roman government to the core of wiping out villages, okay? I mean, you might live next to a, a tax collector who you have to give money to, I mean, it's not like the United States here or, or other parts of the world. I mean, you're giving money to a government that is has maybe killed your family. All right, these people were despised and and hated in the culture, but they came to Jesus for answers, and Jesus had nothing but compassion for them. While the the religious people, he he called them, you know, whitewashed tombs, and and you you're you're a shiny clean cup on the outside and inside. You know, you're, you're filthy. And and that's what I talk about a lot on the show. I had a, a, an ant problem in my house um, a while back, and I, I use this analogy to talk about this because this is really the, the core of, of addiction. Um, I had this ant problem, and basically I had these odorous house ants, these little tiny black, what they're called sugar ants, right? And the problem with them is, you know, we would see them everywhere. We'd be squishing them, right? And, you know, two weeks later, they're back. Sound familiar? It's a metaphor, right? Three weeks later, they're back. I mean, I buy traps. I spent, you know, money on traps. Put traps all over the house. Traps wear out. Ants were back, right? I finally talked to an exterminator friend of mine who went to went to the church I went to and he said uh, he said Russ the problem with the, with the sugar ants is multiple queens right you can have a queen in your kitchen you can have a queen in your bathroom you can have one in your bedroom they can be queens all over the place and he says you can spend all day buying traps and squishing the ants on the surface he says but you gotta go after the queen if you don't go after the queen you know you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of the ants my problem with religion, my problem with a lot of the way recovery works is it focuses on the surface. It focuses on surface behavior, all about behavior. All right, alcohol's the demon, right? We've got to get rid of the demon alcohol. I haven't had it doing counting sobriety and all that stuff. All that stuff's great, but we still need to get underneath it. I think it's great to focus on behavior, but if it's the primary focus, you're missing the boat. The problem is desire. Okay, the problem is is worship. What defines you? Okay, desire. What what? It, we have a worship disorder, and that's the main thing that God says. All right, there's a, a philosopher named Kierkegaard who I don't agree with. All right, don't go and you know when I talk about music and I talk about philosophy, don't go and and a lot of because I've been criticized for this before I, I played Ozzy on the show and I, and one song that he did that I thought was beautiful and people start you know 
um, guilt by association, right? Russ played Ozzy on the show, and over here, Ozzy said this, and Ozzy did that, and Ozzy's satanic, right, and all this stuff. And but here's the here's the deal: um, guilt by association. All right, Jesus was uh, accused of that as well, right? The Pharisees are saying, "Hey, why does your your leader hang out with tax collectors and sinners?" All right, that. So don't guilt by association me, please. Anyway, the the philosopher Kierkegaard said this. He said, um, you know, the sin is defining ourselves in in any way that's outside of God, right? Um, Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, uh, you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first two commandments are the are the most important. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind soul, your intellect, love God. And and number two is don't build an idol. You know, don't worship God's stuff, right? Creation, all of it. God made it all, okay? That's why I use quote, secular artists, because God made those people, and they're going to talk about truth sometimes, all right? There's life on planet Earth. There really is. So don't write, I'm not writing off anybody when it comes to truth, all right? But I'm going to focus on the truth as a connoisseur of truth over the person because we all sin. That's the point. We all sin. Okay, Martin Luther said, you know, if you can focus on those two commandments, the rest are easy. Got this from a guy named uh, Dr. Timothy Keller who said, um, lying is, just, is a functional savior to save you from from having to tell the truth, right? If I can tell a lie, that will save me from having to deal with the truth as an example of, of one of the Ten Commandments. And I'm telling you that there's something to um, sexuality that is going that is defining you, right? That is going to lie to you, that, that you're trying to save yourself from, you're trying to numb yourself from, you just want to feel good. You want to have intimacy. You want to get naked, right? And have some kind of intimacy. And that has more to do with your spiritual self, who you are as a worshiper, than it has to do with behavior. Big time. So, it's it's a it's a functional savior problem, right? It's a desire problem. That's what I'm going to talk about. Um, Jesus had, like I said, contempt for for the religious types that had nothing to do with love, right? And these guys had it down, right? I mean, they were holy on a behavior level. I mean, these guys would would memorize whole books of the Bible, the Torah, all right. Or the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. I mean, these guys had that stuff committed to memory. I mean, that's how how religious they were, how good they were. I mean, they 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 served the church, they gave to the poor, they did that stuff. But Jesus was always focused on the heart. He was always going after the heart. He talks about in analogies. He talks in parables a lot. And uh, you know, I heard a guy named Matt Chandler said so that he he must have been really you know frustrating to be around as the apostles because he would constantly ask answer questions with you know I mean they'd ask him a question and be like oh there's a donkey you know and a guy and they they go to this river and and so that's how Jesus answered questions because he was always going for the heart of the issue I mean you you have to imagine that the apostles at one point were just can't you just say yes or no you know can't you just say yes or no well no because sometimes things aren't as simple as a simple yes or a simple no 
answering a question with a question is, is something Jesus did a lot as well to get to the heart of, of the issue. Now, the heart example that I want to talk about and the reason a lot of you, I, I'm willing to bet, I've been jacked up by religion is because of the finger-pointing, guilt-inducing attitude uh, of the religious times, right? Um, the, the hard example I have for you is, is in ministry is, is an old saying that I've heard um, a lot, which is, I don't care how much you know unless I know how much you care. Okay, and I want you to, to understand that the reason I do this is, besides just this calling on my heart from God to do it, is that I didn't have a me Right? I didn't have a guy saying the stuff I say when I went through this. And and that hurt me, right? Like I'm I'm like I say, a voice in the digital wilderness. Right now, I'm just a voice pumping through your iPod, right? Or where however you're listening to me, your notebook computer, your your iPhone, okay? If you got listeners are listening to me on their, their PSP. Okay, however you're listening to me. I want you to understand that that I, I hurt for you. I've been there, man. I've been there. I've felt what you're feeling now. I have been in anguish. I have remember slamming my, my hands on my steering wheel, my car, beating my head against a wall. Just why do I keep going back to this? Why do I keep returning to this? What is wrong with me? I can't seem to stop no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I pray and ask God to take it from me, no matter how many deals I try and make with God, I can't seem to kick this thing. I remember being there, man. And I and I do this show from that perspective that I want to see you free. I want to see you free because it, it's painful. Man, it's painful. It, it hurts. I've been there. And the, and the biggest thing I can tell you just to start right now is to never ever quit. Okay? Whether it's the thousandth time, the hundred thousandth time, I don't know, care if you, you know, you fell two hours ago, two days ago, two months ago, two weeks. Don't lose heart, okay? Don't you dare quit. Because when you quit, you lose, and your heart gets a little colder. Your heart gets a little colder. There's, I'm going to go into a lot of that too, but don't let your heart get icy and hard. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit on this thing. Don't ever quit fighting it. Don't you dare quit. Please don't you dare quit. You fall, you get back up. You hear me? All right? I want to see you free. And it's going to take time. And and like the, the book of Proverbs says, King Solomon tells his son, he says, with, with good advice, make war. Okay, I'm going to ask you to go to battle. And it's going to be tough, and it's going to be difficult. And there is no magic freaking bullet, and I don't. There's no USB port to plug in the side of your head to download some kind of a cure. Okay, there's no magic button. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take looking into the dark, deep, dark parts of your heart. And, and I don't know how bad it's going to get for you, but I want you to know that I care. All right, and I've been there. And I, and I know how you feel when it comes to, to jacked up 
religious people that just seem to point the finger and blame and want and, and just want to hurt you by by saying you're immoral. Okay. This is uh, from a song by a band named P.O.D. Some of the lyrics. I'll, uh, I, I played this song before on the show. Um, P.O.D., a Christian band. I love their, their attitude. The, the lead singer said, uh, you know, we don't consider ourselves Christian music, he said. He said, we're just a bunch of guys who are screaming and yelling and talking about what's real going on in our heart. And I love that. Because it's so not, you know, locking yourself away from the mean, dirty culture. He's just talking about what's going on in his heart. And, and check this out. This is from the, the lyrics from the song by P.O.D. called uh, Condescending. So tell me, again, how is it it would be if we listened to you and paid attention? So what is the point in you showing us your way if we don't even care to be around you or even know you, right? Okay, I know what it's like to be harmed by religious people, okay? I know what that feels like. Jesus says, um, um, you know, God has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So he says liberty twice, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to set free those who are oppressed. And I want you to understand that you working out and talking about and discussing this, this addiction, working out your struggles with God at the core of who you are, the most weighty thing you're going to have to deal with in your lifetime, at the very core of who you are, is what you do with God. Okay, that's the truth. And one of the biggest gifts that you can give going through this, just living out your life, is dealing with this and asking these questions and not being afraid too much of the religious types. Because they're oppressed too. Okay? And I and I understand, and you may fa- have to face some of this, and they may come at you with the... But understand that they're hurt, messed up individuals. They're sinning, and they need to repent from their religion. And some of you listening to my voice right now need to repent from your religion because you're Pharisees, and, and Jesus has nothing but contempt for the Pharisees, right? The, the cold, religious, do-this, do-that, behavior-based loveless religion. All right, Jesus says the chilling words that, uh, you know, there's going to be people that come to him in the day and say, hey, we prayed to you, we did nice works for you, we did great things for you. And Jesus will say, listen, depart from me, I never knew you. All right, that word knowing deals with relationship. Relationship deals with love. And that's the truth. Because here's the deal. At the bottom of all of it, it has to do with love. Because you can't discipline yourself. Very, very rarely can you discipline yourself, make yourself love something. But here's the truth. If you love something and you, you're devoted to that and you love that, discipline follows. Discipline always follows love. You sacrifice for what you love. You love a band, you know. I remember... Being in, in high school, and, and my favorite band came to town, and I did whatever it took to get to get the money, to get a ride, to to line up me being there with my friends at that show. Okay, 
We all sacrifice for what we love. And, and going to the deep core of that is, is you dealing with God. And, and asking those tough, hard questions. And even asking them in, in, in front of religious people. Okay, I have a, I have a flyer that, that has to do with, with this ministry, with, with ASI and dealing with sexual addiction. And I'm encouraging you to go to the website, ASI247.org, and download it. Make copies of it, okay? Make copies of it in fuchsia, right? Make copies of it in, in, in that really annoying bright green color that catches your eye from a mile away, you know, in, in, in astral bright orange, okay? And, and hang these up in your church. Or maybe you don't go to church. You want to really annoy the religious people? Uh, print up this flyer and give, them to, to give it to them <laughs> because it'll, it'll annoy the heck out of those folks. Hopefully, but hopefully there's some enough truth in it to get them curious to to check it out. Um, this is the flyer. I'm going to read a little bit of it uh, that that you can put up to help help get people asking questions, help get people to, to raise some awareness to to sexual addiction because it, it is bad. Um, here's what I here's what's on the flyer. It's in big bold letters at the top. I say, "A voice in the digital wilderness. Ask the former sex addict anything from behind the screen of anonymity." Ever had a habit that controlled you? No matter how hard I tried on my own, I couldn't stop. This little sex habit had almost destroyed me. That was the big lie. It's just a little sin. I can handle it. In 2004, Time Magazine reported in 2003 meeting of the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, online porn contributing to more than half of divorces in the, Uni- in the United States. Richard Berry, president of the association, said pornography had an almost non-existent role in divorce just seven or eight years ago. Seventy uh, percent of all internet porn traffic occurs during the workday, nine to five. Today, and this is the truth, this was a New York uh, PR firm that came out with this. Today, more people are terminated from their job for inappropriate web use than alcoholism. Uh, it's time for a change. You know, the church has historically turned a blind eye to the facts of sexual misconduct. This church is taking a stand. See, I have a little thing in there that they can put it up and say, hey, look, we're taking a stand. Um, Paul says to the Corinthians, it is reported that there is sexual immorality among you, the kind that is not even tolerated among pagans. This is now, today, from the Barna Report. Barna Research Group. Born-again Christians are more likely to go through a marital split than are non-Christians, according to a new study by the Barna Research Group. Revelations 2.29. Are your ears awake? Listen to the wind words, the Spirit blowing through the churches. That's in the message translation. Have Christians got good at making everything look good on the surface? And then I uh, read that scripture from Luke uh, 16.19. you know, set the captives free. Do we abide in that truth or do we merely believe it? Jesus is our only hope. Um, ASI's mission field, the internet, and I do a plug for higher-calling.com and teensagainstporn.com on here as well. And uh, ASI247.org. Um, 
I encourage you to, to download that, to, to put it up at your church, or to put, you know, at the churches in your neighborhood. You know, just go hand it out. Stick it in their mailbox or stick it in their, uh, I don't know. I don't, that's illegal here in the United States to put stuff in people's mailbox, I found out. But, yeah, I don't know, put it on their doorstep and get the message out. You know, burn this episode to CDs and give it to your church, okay? It's, it's that important. I, I pray that you do that. But more importantly than that, talk about this. Talk about it. Get it out of you. If you struggle with pornography, man, don't stay in the dark. Contact me. Email me. Go to the blogs. Go to the discussion boards and start to get it out of you. Ultimately, I want to see you in a, in a group type setting, talking with a counselor maybe, depending on the counselor. Uh, but I want to see you face-to-face eventually with somebody. But I, I, you need to get this out of you. I, I can't stress that enough. And, and I, I, I tell you this, and I want you to remember this, because some of you have been listening to me for a while. This is episode 83. I've been doing this for since 2005. Um, maybe this isn't about you, okay? I want you to realize that. Get outside yourself a little bit. That maybe you're struggling with this and and talking about it can actually help other people. That you being you and shining who you are from the inside out, dealing with this stuff from the inside out, okay? You can't stuff, that's another thing about behavior, stuffing it in from the outside. That's religion, right? You try and stuff behavior in from the outside. I'm talking about from the inside out. Shining love from inside you out, okay? Maybe you dealing with this has more to do with others than it has to do with yourself. And I want you to remember that as you work this out. And some of you who feel like you're getting bored or you're getting frustrated because nothing seems to be changing, I'm going to ask you to, uh, you know, like the Apostle Paul says, he says, you know, I... I buffet my body. I, I, I make my body my slave and not my sl- my body making me the slave, right? He says, I buffet my body. I treat it, with, you know, roughly. I, I, I make it obey my spirit as not to be a false witness and talking about the gospel, he says. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But understand that if you're getting bored, if you're just not seeing a lot of victory... Okay, faith without works is dead. All right? Face anxiety with perseverance. Do some of the things I talk about. Do some of these action steps. The reason you don't feel nothing's getting better for you is you're not doing anything. Are you praying? Have you asked your Father in heaven? Are you talking with him about the hurt and stuff? Are you dealing with that? I pray that you are. I pray that you are. My name is Russ. The website is asi247.org. Go ahead and download. Uh, go ahead and download the the, the flyer and, and put that up all over the place. And and talk about it, man. Talk about it. Remember, life is 20% the stuff that's happened to you and 80% how you react to that 20%. My name is Russ. 
This is a listener-supported uh, website, by the way, and ministry. If there's any chance you could send even a dollar, I would appreciate it. Go to uh, ASI247.org. You can click on the donation button and make donations right off the website. If you'd like to mail a donation, you can send me an email. I can send you an address. But, uh, man, even a buck, even $2, if you could do that, and uh, help me continue to send out this ripple effect, I would uh, certainly appreciate it. Again, thanks for listening. Till next time, bye. Is burning up. These truths I can't discount. My thoughts go quickly now. My soul is shaking up. I don't see so much. My skin can only touch. Does my voice make a sound? Can you hear me scream? Cause I'm crying out for something more. I just can't ignore. Cause I try to find out something more. Find what we're living for. Something I miss Will I regret my mistakes When I see you face to face That song is called Something More By a band called Manic Drive If you go to the website ASI247.org Click on the music tab You can download uh, a lot of the tunes I play on the show And buy them right off of iTunes So check out the website ASI247.org Click on the music tabs to check out the music. Again, till next time, send me that email, russ at asi247.org. Bye.